The point of this is to provide the best facts-driven show that we possibly can. Ideally, you have a glue guy. Who is good? Hashtag glue guy. Hashtag locker room guy. You can't go sign Bobby Holik to a trillion dollars. You can't do these things. Very satisfying. The absolute best NYR show in town. This is... The Liberty Blue. Liberty Blue. Rangers Podcast. Rangers Podcast. With Andrew Shelby. Andrew Shelby. And Nick Zoraris. Zoraris. Rangers fans, welcome to Liberty Blue, the best Rangers podcast in town. I am Andrew Chelney, alongside Nick Zararis. We scream about the Rangers so that you don't have to. This is episode 46, live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, and we're available wherever you get your podcasts as well. Today's show is all about Rangers versus Devils Game 4 tonight. What the, what the Rangers have done to this point to prevent the Devils from getting comfortable in the series so far. We'll spend a couple of minutes going around some other first-round battles and a whole lot more. Nick, tonight's game, pivotal, pivotal game four. Must win or can't lose? What's the difference? <laughs> One of my favorite cliches. I, I, I'm not big for the cliche factory. That is, the, the, the panels are so tired of each other. Like, the TBS panel legitimately did 12 hours of TV yesterday. And by one in the morning when the Oilers game ended, they were even not, they stopped fake laughing at each other's jokes how tired they were of each other. <laughs> there was just a lot of eye rolling and guys looking away from the camera at their notes. So, yeah, not a lot of cliches to be had. It's been a good series. The Devils are yeah. a good team. You and I were just talking about before we came on. Anyone who expected them to win in four or five games just being a little unrealistic. The Devils won. We're 110 points in the standings. One of the best regular seasons of the last 10 years. The Devils are a good team with lots of star power. Yeah, they didn't really have the goalie, but you knew they were going to get a game or two in here. Even if you felt really good about the Rangers, we didn't. We thought this would be a six or seven game rock fight for a while, but even if you thought the best of outcomes, you, you don't expect to sweep. It takes a lot to go right to sweep. So there's not really a whole lot to complain about. They've played really well through three games. Like you said, they've conceded one goal at five on five through three games. It just so happened to be the one that won the game for them on Saturday. But all things considered, this is a pretty good spot to be in. You're up 2-1. You win at home tonight. You go back to Jersey up 3-1. That's a really good place to be in. It's just a matter of taking care of your business. The Rangers dominate the first few games. The The Devils rely on creating space for themselves to utilize the speed that they have throughout that roster. And the Rangers, in the neutral zone specifically for the first three games, did a really good job of limiting the Devils' ability to get those long passes across, limiting the, li limiting the Devils' ability to come into the offensive zone with a lot of speed. That is how they dumpstered a lot of opponents throughout the year because they're such a fast team, because they're able to essentially say if you want to race with us let's do it because we'll beat you and the rangers have mitigated that and that has been a, a real credit to how they've played throughout these three games akira schmidt came in uh in game three and played well and he you know he he, he stopped a couple of goals from going in and a couple of posts and, and et cetera et cetera and the rangers end up only scoring one they went over five on the power play which I mean, if they scored one goal in the power play, the game is over and the Rangers are up 3-0. So if the Rangers, through three games, 
especially at five on five, have played really well. They've been able to mitigate the Devils' strengths, and the Devils have really struggled as a result of that. Their really only sustained pressure has come on the power play, and even then, the the Rangers have, for the most part, done a really good job of mitigating that as well. Now it's just a matter of, okay, well, you didn't do so well in the power play in Game 3. If you score one or two in the power play in Game 4, that should spell victory. Yeah, no, it's really simple. When you talk about the playoffs this time of year, you want your your formula to be something in the neighborhood of four goals a game. You score four goals more often than not, you are going to win. That's what the average team that wins the Stanley Cup averages per game, about four goals per game. You figure they had five each in one and two and only one in game three. It all will eventually average out if the team is really going to go on the type of run that it seems like it's capable of doing. Um, Yeah, I feel pretty good. I wouldn't say great. There are definitely little things because game one, game two, especially game one, the Devils were out of their depth. Five minutes into that game, you knew the Devils weren't coming back in that game. The Devils looked very timid they weren't very aggressive they weren't able to use that speed the rangers turned that game into a bit of a slog at the start a lot of four checking a lot of dumping the puck down low forcing the devils to go the entire length of the ice to get to offense really encouraging to see that the rangers did what you're supposed to do when you play a team with a lot of speed you clog up the neutral zone you force them to go to the length of the ice anytime they want to create offense and that makes for a good recipe if you make the other team do stuff they're not good at, you are going to get to exploit it. That's what happened in games one and two. They cycled the hell out of the Devils. The, the goal that um, I believe it was Tarasenko scored where Fox set him up, beautiful. Fox brings the defender out to him. Fox walks the guy. Back pass to Tarasenko, who fills in the wide open space. Kind of a similar play, actually, to what Dougie Hamilton scored on, where defender followed the puck carrier. The puck carrier dropped the puck into the open space. Shooter skates right in. Clean look. Uh, The other thing I will mention, because you said it, yeah, the Rangers have only conceded one goal at 5-on-5. And the goals they've conceded in this series, most of them, the goalies haven't seen them. This has been a really net front heavy series. And I think that's in part, because of the types of defensemen on both of these teams, I've talked about this a lot where you feel really good about Fox and Lindgren out there, but their one deficiency as a pair is they're both a little small. They're not great at winning those leverage battles for position in front because they're smaller guys. The Devils, it's largely the same thing, even though their guys are a little bit bigger, guys like Kevin Ball, guys like Dougie Hamilton, a little bit physically bigger. They don't play that much bigger. They're a little bit slower. So you're going to have those situations. Like I forget who it was, the one uh, CJ Chichero who was tweeting about how Kreider got lucky that you know tipped four goals in. Well, if he's unmarked in front of the net, yeah. there's not not a lot the goalies going to be able to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was a very like, silly yes. tweet. Like, yes, anytime <laughs> yeah. you're talking about stuff like that, there is an inherent amount of luck involved. Sure. Yes, that's the way sure. life exists. There's yeah. variables, whatever. But if you are entirely unmarked with open space around you and all you got to do is do the hand-eye coordination thing no. that Kreider works on, you know, incessantly, whether it be in practice and warm-ups, whatever, he's the best net front guy in the league at deflecting pucks in over the last couple of years. When you're going to let a guy do that over and over and over again, you're going to figure it out eventually. Like, even if those don't go in, those are really good looks. Sure. The good You keep accumulating good scoring chances over a series, 
good things will happen eventually. And that's why you got to be encouraged because the Rangers aren't just treading water or head under the water at five on five and relying on the goaltending and the power play to make up the difference. In fact, you, you would say in game three, the five on five play and the goaltending were great. And the power play was the reason they didn't win. Mm-hmm. But that's going to happen. Yes. A series has ebbs and flows. You didn't, the devils were going to have a counterpunch. We talked about this. The devils, counterpunch being lineup changes as opposed to schematic changes that usually bodes well because when a coach is kind of flailing desperately to find the right combination of lines in the middle of a playoff series without an injury being involved that typically means they don't have a lot of ideas when they're in the line blender and they're just trying to find something to get anybody going that tells you they're a little bit desperate so far the rangers haven't need to do the line juggling They've been pretty good about playing the way they want to play with the four check going, pucks in deep, all the good cliches that the hockey, the old hockey men like to talk yeah. about. They've done their jobs. They've forced the Devils to play the entire length of the ice. They forced the Devils into making mistakes. I think that's a really good point about why they were able to score all of those goals in game one and two was they were really good at pressuring whoever was on the puck and forcing them to make a decision faster than they wanted to. The Kane goal, he forced Jesper Bratt to move the puck or lose the puck and he lost the puck that type of stuff is infectious when you see guys doing the same thing with the blocking shots they got a little carried away with that on saturday i will say a few too many snow angels when if you just stayed on your feet you would have had a better play and been able to go the other way but <laughs> yeah. for the most part yeah. they've done all of the little things you want to see in a playoff series that you might not necessarily break out come the regular se- you know game 48 of the regular season but so far i'm pretty content with everything this was ne- again this was never going to be a sweep the rangers were the rangers aren't going 16 and 0 16 and 1 on route to the winning Stanley cup like this like this doesn't happen of course when especially when you come out and you dominate throughout the first two games not even in your home building in the other team's building of course the devils are going to come out and throw everything at the kitchen sink to hopefully win a game that's what they did. Uh, Lindy Ruff with those lineup changes. Now, he made the right decisions because, you know, Miles Wood is all he does is take penalties and so does Brendan Smith. So taking them out of the lineup is effectively addition by subtraction. So by by doing those line shufflings and line combinations, he did make his team better. So the, the Devils really brought everything to the table and they threw... And they went to the rookie goalie, too. And, and they did that, right, as well. Like, Vanacek, you can't really blame him for too many goals that he yeah. gave up in games one and two, but they did the switch anyway and it woke the team up even more so and they managed to... Ju- and even then, with everything on the line, with with all those changes, they barely won in overtime because Dougie Hamilton scored the Devils' first five-on-five goal in three games. Like, there, it's it, everything is fine. It, the Rangers were never going to go 16-0, never going to go, like, 16-1 and probably isn't happening either unless, unless something magical happens, unless, you know, you turn on NHL 23 and you just play all the games and you go 16-1. I guess I could see that. But otherwise, like, this, like the, these things don't happen unless, you know... You have a team that literally wins 82 games in the regular season, and then they, they, just, they just waltz for the cup. Like these things don't happen. So, like, yeah, the Rangers are going to lose every now and again. But as until they lose, you know, four badly. out of seven, unless they, yeah, unless they lose badly or they lose four out of seven, I think everybody just needs to relax. Yeah. It- the playoffs are weird because you always have the day off after and you got to stew on it. And being that Saturday to Monday, everybody probably went out on Saturday, watched the game with other people, whatever. Sunday, you're a little hungover. You watched the Knicks win. That was nice. But that, then was, good. Left, that was good. You're left stewing on it like, damn, 
All yeah. they had to do was win that game, and they'd be up three games to none. And then all you got to do is win one out of the last four. And well, here's the thing, too. Better about it. Here's the thing, too, is that if the Rangers win tonight, then both the Knicks and the Rangers are going to be up three to one in their respective series. So that I listen, I'm not saying anything, but I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I, I'm a little bit worried. Who's a really famous former NFL player right now who's a few years out of the league with a high profile? Because that person's going to be driving down a highway in a white Bronco in a few months, and I'm a little worried for them. But right now, yeah, everything is looking relatively good. And don't worry, I'm making a mental note of the timestamp. So that way, if they lose tonight, I can just put the curb music over this because we're being very calm, all things considered. But yeah. We were well, talking we're, about- we're, we're, we're calm because of how they played. If they come into yeah. game four and they look terrible, then obviously we're going to change our tone. This is going to be yeah. a whole different conversation for, you know, for, for a whole different episode. But as, as of the three games that they played, there's not a whole lot to be worried about. They played really well and they just couldn't score in game three, especially in the power play. They had five opportunities that it was kept taking penalties. Yeah. Interference calls, tripping calls, like they kept they kept taking these stupid penalties, and the Rangers just couldn't capitalize. If they just scored on one of them, this would be a three zero game, and you know the, the series would essentially be over. So, the, it, but if the Rangers come out in Game Four tonight and they look bad and they get beaten badly, now that's cause for some concern. But as of right now, before Game Four, I think everything is fine. Yeah, no. The other point that I think is important is. The Rangers have really kind of dictated the way the games have gone so far. They've done a really good job of not letting the Devils use their speed and forcing the Devils to work for offense. This is that cliche you talk, the cliche where this is where the hockey men start pointing at the Yanni Gords and the Barkley Goodrows and the Nick Felino types of the world who are going to engage on the cycle, who are going to win those puck battles down low, get the puck out to the point, look for the rebounds, the deflections, the ugly stuff. That stuff is translatable it's sticky you can do it game over game over game because it's repeatable and you've seen the kid line do this for all, most of last playoffs and so far through this the three games this year where they get the puck down low they're really good on the puck on the wall Kako is maybe their best wall player other than Kreider really good at winning those loose pucks getting the puck out to the point especially when they have Fox and Lingren out there they really can tilt the ice downhill when you are dictating the game and you're playing it the way you want to play it and you're forcing a team to play in a way they are uncomfortable, that's going to make them make mistakes. You talked about all the penalties they took. That's an example. You talk about all the turnovers they committed in game one and two where the Rangers kept dumping in to the into the devil zone. The Devils would have to regroup, gather, try and break out, and if they didn't successfully break out, the Rangers were right back in there. That's the way when the Rangers' forecheck is really going. That's kind of the barometer for the Rangers if they're playing well or not. Are they on all these pucks? Are they in these puck battles? Are they making the puck battles close? That's typically a good sign for them because when they've been clunky, when they've been disjointed, there's a lot of the east and west stuff in the neutral zone. When they're going up and down and they're getting the puck in the in deep and they're going to get it and engaging on the cycle, that's going to work against the Devils because like we talked about, their defensemen a little bit on the smaller side, more offensive-oriented than defensive-oriented. So those guys aren't as inclined to be engaged in those physical plays. And that's where you can make plays happen. And that's what's happened so far. The Rangers have done a really good job of putting pressure on the Devils players who are offense-first guys, who aren't as good at the intent the um what's the word i'm looking for the physical stuff winning those loose battles and trying to turn defense to offense when you force a team that's good at offense to play more defense even if they're good defensively if they haven't played this much defense that's going to put more stress on it that's the the biggest thing the rangers have done well so far they have been on offense 
a lot. And their defense has not had to play a lot of defense. And when they have, it's been in 5-1 games where the other team is just shooting from wherever. It's not dangerous. It's not. It's going to get blocked and going the other way. I, I feel really good so far about everything they've done. But I, I think it was CJ also who was like, yeah, Shesterkin can't this like this is he he can't play this well throughout his throughout the series. This can't possibly happen. And meanwhile, that's been Igor This has been entire. This has been Shesterkin's entire MO throughout his entire career. Also, he's rocketing a, a 950 save percentage through these three games. Also, I think this is a big game for Panarin, Zabinajad. Also, maybe Trocek. Trocek is was without Panarin a point. Panarin and Zabinajad don't show up till game six. You know this. We, <laughs> we've, we documented this. They get well, going well, in they, game they, six. Yeah, well, it's important that they do. It's like Panarin has been better defensively as of late, but his, his five-on-five offense, as as we talked about, if you defend... If if you want your, your high, high-end offensive players to come and defend, they can't then turn around and produce the offense that you're looking for. But I do want to see Panarin a little bit more aggressively in the offensive zone. I do want to see, I know Zabinajad, the power play has been very weirdly structured last game where they kind of took him out of his bumper spot. They put him towards the middle of the ice. They, they, they changed some things around Zabinajad, like couldn't get the shot that he wanted. He did, he did get, he did get a couple of looks throughout the five power plays, but overall it, it, it wasn't where he found the most success throughout the season. And so I'm interested to see how the power play looks in game four. I would imagine hopefully the Rangers get at least one of those because the officiating in this, in, in the entire playoffs to this point has been less than great, but that's not just it's for the Rangers West series. Macaulay yeah. West yeah he, that's, that's right. He's been, he's, he's the star of the show at all times. And you know, and we, we all know that, but for the, for the Rangers, like Zabinajad needs a goal. Panarin, I would love a go from Panarin. I would love go from Trostrak. Like these are guys that okay. This is game four. This is such a crucial game. If you can win this game, you this go up three to one, game. and you you go up three to one, and you take it back to New Jersey, uh, where where you have dominated them both times with the ability to end the series. Game four is crucial, and it is very important to me anyway to see guys like Panarin, Zabinajad, and Trocek really step up here and bring everything they can. But, and hopefully fill the score sheet. So one thing you you mentioned, you were talking about the power play there, where they have Zabinijad in the spot where Trocek was in most of the regular season, and then they have Panarin and Kane on the walls, Kreider in front, Fox out front. When it gets cold, and this was true when Trocek was in that spot as well, it's because they aren't moving. It's because they're just passing the puck as opposed to moving their feet. They did a and lot of that in Game 3. Yeah, when when a power play goes cold, the biggest, indi- the biggest thing I look for when I'm watching – if they're moving their feet and they're still not really getting good looks, okay, you live with that. That's just, you know, process. But if you're only moving the puck and not physically moving your body, you're not putting stress on the defense. You're not making the defense move. Sure, yeah. if the puck goes from one of the half walls up to the point, the the defender at the top of the penalty kill is going to go out to the person with the puck. But that's not putting stress on the guys closer to the net. You want to get them moving east to west where you're going to have a, an opportunity for a one-timer on one of the two sides because they're moving to the other side to play. You have to make them tired. Yeah, you, you have to make them work. And when the Rangers power play has gone cold, it's not just the Rangers power play. If you watch the Islanders, the Islanders don't move. The no, Islanders no, stay no, in the, no, the no. same spot for two minutes and they wonder why they don't get any looks. Because the defense didn't move, guys. You did right. not put any stress on the defense. So yeah, it, you you, yeah. you can target the you, especially with the personnel the Rangers have, 
where you have a guy like Kreider, who is stronger than every single one of the Devils defensemen, and he's going to out-leverage them for position, and it's not really good I mean, job we, Lest we forget, this man jumped out of a pool with just oh, his, yes. like, just just because he wanted to. He didn't, he didn't hold on to anything. That famous, I think it's, that video is old now, but I'm sure he could still do it. This man's out here just jumping out of pools on, on a whim. Without yeah. holding on to anything, this man is just using his sheer strength to jump out of a pool. I'm sure he can bully his way to the front of the net and de- deflect the puck whenever he wants. And he's done that throughout the first at least two games. Now, I know he scored a, a nice goal in game three, but that wasn't a, a, an in front of the net kind of deflection kind of, kind of goal. In the first two games, the Devils literally just kind of left him alone. And Chris Kreider was like, oh, 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 you're going to leave me wide open. Oh, oh, I guess I guess I'm going to I guess I'm just so lucky that I'm in front of the net by myself at CJ uh, that I that, you know, that I scored all those goals for the net. But no, like Chris Kreider is one of is one of if not the best modern day deflect deflection guy. Like yeah. if you if you look at the stats, and you look at how many goals he scored in deflections and all that. He he dominates. He's the, he's the best one in the entire league. He's do- Pavelski he absolutely was really dominant. good for a long time, but Kreider's better than, than him now. Yeah, Pavelski skated today. I hope he's back in that Dallas. I, series. I hope he's okay. Like yeah, that yeah. You know, yeah. I, I that was a that was a really scary play, and we'll talk yeah. a little bit about you know the rest of the rest of the series here in a minute. But that was a scary play. Yeah, and. Uh, we 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 forget sometimes as a collective because we're so ingrained in the sport that these are people like these are these are human beings with lives that have bills to pay that have people they care about like this these are these are scary moments that Joe Pavelski hit was very scary and the fact that he's you know oh like I don't I don't know if he's okay or not but like he's skating and he's you know not in the hospital he's not you know, totally out of game action. Like he's on, he's on skates. He's at least doing something physical. Like that's a really good sign. Forget the stars, forget, forget about the playoffs. Like for his own physical being, that's, that's, that's really good. And I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, circling back around one other point to make here before we kind of get last couple things on this, before we open up, talk a little more about the league. The longer this series goes, I think that plays into the devil's hands yeah, because you, you keep you keep giving teams opportunities to hang around. That's when shit gets that's when it gets difficult. Okay, you've played really well through 3 games, you're up 2 games to 1, you're on home ice for game 4. You feel pretty good. Now, you let the Devils win tonight and you go back to New Jersey in the gate in the the swing game, you know the stat, what is it? 82% of the teams that win game 5 in a 2-2 series win the series whatever it is, something like that. It's, it's 78, 80. It's high 70s, low 80s. Something like so, that, yeah. Yeah, it, it, that's where you don't want to be because you have played really well. And it would be a real pain in the ass for this series to keep dragging on. First of all, Carolina probably going to take care of the Islanders within six. Like, even if you give the Islanders one more game, Islanders look pretty out of their depth. A lot of stupid penalties trying to muck that game up too. And they took, they went too far trying to muck that game up. And that actually reminds me of a point I wanted to make earlier. Someone pointed this out and I think it was Fitz pointed it out in game one or two of the series. The devils kind of looked the way the Rangers did when they put the hurricanes in the bubble where they were just did not have the puck at all, and they were trying to hit everything that moved, and they weren't playing their game. The Devils are not a physical team. 
if they are chasing the puck and throwing hits after the puck is gone because they feel they need to like prove something about toughness, and there was a little bit of that in the after the whistle stuff in game three, especially in a tight game, and you saw it at the end of game two as well, where if you're getting a team off their game, they're doing things they don't want to do, they're trying to pretend to be tough as opposed to actually being tough, you can tell the Devils were pretty frustrated by the end of game two. Getting dummied 10-2 in goal differential through two games. At home. Uh, at home, your first home playoff games yeah. in five years, you could tell that it was weighing on them a little bit. And the Devils have kind of used their their kitchen sink. They went to the backup goalie. I'm assuming Schmidt's going to be the good guy from now on, unless yeah. you know something really bad happens where he gets shelled and then they have to go back to Vanacek, whatever. They've used their trump card. They've used their emergency. We need to turn the momentum a little bit. Sure, maybe you br- you see Luke Hughes in a game six or a game seven, but. I'm not terribly worried about, you know, a college sophomore who's never who's has one NHL game and his first NHL experience is going to be game six of an NHL playoff. Uh, you so say that, that you said they day. Hey, 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 Chris Kreider was the same was essentially the Chris same Kreider, player. Chris Kreider was a lot older. He played forward and the Rangers also just didn't have anyone who scored goals on that team. Like, I don't know if you sure he, like Ruslan Fedotenko, like his 15 goals were really important that year. OK, that team did not have guys <laughs> scoring goals. Luke Hughes, if he gets in, is playing yeah. nine minutes and he's going to play third pair with like Kevin Ball or Damon Severson. I, 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 if Luke Hughes is the best the Devils can do as far as like trying to get the team going again. OK, I can. I, I'm fine with that. I yeah, mean, well, the, the thing the thing that that is is worrying for the Rangers is, like you said, you can't let a team like this hang around because the more that they do that, the more confidence they'll, the more, the more conf- they're going to believe, the more, the more confident they're going to be in playing their own game. And the more, also the more time they'll have mentally to figure out how to counter the Rangers. It's one thing for the coaching staff to look at the tape and to hammer out, okay, like this is what you're supposed to do with this time and that time. But what the, the longer this game, the longer the series goes on, the, lo- the, the better chance that the devil's players in-game action will understand timings and figure out, okay, well, Truba's tendency is to do this at this time, but if I, you know, wait a second and pass it at this time, oh, well, that that creates a passing lane and Jack Hughes is, is open on a break or something like that. You know, like the, 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 the more time you give the Devils to cook, the more likely they are to utilize it and, and figure out how to beat the Rangers. So if you stomp on their necks now and say... This series is over. What do you like, what are you going to do about it? Then the then the then the mental is going to be a lot worse than it would be going back to game 5. The series tied, all of a sudden the Devils are like, "Hey, we just beat the Rangers twice in MSG. All we have to do is win this one at home and then we could go back to game 6 at Madison Square Garden and make 18,000 people upset." Like that is 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 major. The Rangers have to win this game now because if they don't, all the momentum and all of the mental is on the devil's side. 100%. The the reason you feel good, the biggest reason I feel good, and it's very obvious, is just Igor's locked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I went back and rewatched the entirety of Game 3 this morning to do some show prep and took some notes. I mean, the Devils had some pretty good looks, and he was square on all of them. He didn't lose his net at all. He was perfect position, exactly where you want to be. Like, there was one sequence where Brat came in on him, tried to shoot five hole. 
He knocked it down with his chest. And then I, I want to say it was he sure came in to try and clean it up. And he was perfectly square to it. He didn't even have to react because of how well positioned he was. Yeah. When he's got his net, that's when Igor gets into trouble when he'll lose his net because he's trying to, he's so athletic. He's trying to use his body to make up for his size. That's when he can kind of get into trouble a little bit as a goalie. That's kind of when he's shown weaknesses in his game is when he loses his net. When he's got the positioning down, you, you don't really got to worry about a lot. And especially considering the defense has played well. We'll give give credit where it's due they have done a really yeah. good job of mitigating the devils in transition holding them to the outside I, I know we talked about this last week in the preview episode where in the series last year against the penguins the rangers were really collapsing deep into their own zone to try and protect the net and giving the penguins room to skate in with speed you skate in with speed cut to the middle it's a lot more dangerous of a scoring chance when you're cutting to the middle the rangers have done a great job of when the devils enter the zone somebody's there pressure them immediately, not letting them gain time, not letting them come in with speed, forcing them to dump the puck in and go get it again. When the Rangers are playing defense like this, you feel really good about it because if you've got the defense playing like this, where they're only conceding a handful of good scoring chances every game, and you've got the best or the second best goalie in the entire world behind that defense, okay, let's score three goals and go home. That, that's right. really what it comes down to. And that's why you got to feel you got to feel really good, man. Igor has shown you he he's locked in. I mean, you saw him punching T.O. Meyer when Meyer landed on him. <laughs> Shosturkin's like, get this bum off me, yeah. okay? Yeah, you understand. You, you that's the best thing to see because it was a very different vibe on the internet last year going into Game Four of the Penguins Rangers series where the Rangers got shelled in Game Three, and then everybody's kind of looking at each other it's like, is the goalie okay? And then he really struggled in Game Four, and then they turned it around in Five, Six, and Seven. Please, for the love of God, do not drag this series out to seven games. Yeah, Please, for, for everybody's sanity, yeah. But it's not even just about sanity. It's health. With yeah. every game that you play, you risk your top guys or whoever getting injured. And, and the other part of that is these guys are all nicked up. Nobody's got like a yeah. terrible Every, injury right now. Injured. Everybody's hurt. Yeah. Everybody's sore. Yeah. The longer yeah. you play yeah. with certain something compromised, I think Rachel Dorier had a really interesting thread about this a few weeks ago, where the point was like, even if you just have like a sprain, because you have a sprain, you're walking yeah, different, you're moving right. differently. It's not and you're getting better. Yeah, you're compromising. It's not, it's not getting better when you play playoff hockey. Like yeah. if you if you have a sprained ankle and you are playing game six or game seven of a playoff series, you think you care about your sprained ankle? Like, you are going to go as fast as you can. You are going to get, you know, the appropriate medical attention to kind of numb it or do whatever you can to essentially not feel it for 60 minutes uh, on the ice. Like, you, but you're not making it better by further, by, by continuing to play on a sprained ankle. So, it, but, you know, if you sprain an ankle in game, in game five, but you win the series in five, then it doesn't really matter as much. Cause yeah, like you're still gonna skate, you're still gonna probably gonna skate or, you know, get your practices in, but you you give those nicks and bruises and sprains a lot more time and breathing room to heal. Because if you drag it to seven games, not only are you not letting it heal, you are actively making it a whole lot worse, which then impacts your availability, your your play as a whole going into round two, round three, especially if those series take long, because now you re you're all you're doing is aggravating your injury and there's no time for you to heal it. So you're the, the best thing Rangers can do is win tonight, win game five, end this series as quickly as possible, get as much time off as they possibly can so that they whatever Truba has been dealing with all season, give him a few days of rest. 
anybody else has been dealing with with stuff throughout the year, give them time to to rest and to heal. Because if they drag it to seven, they won't have that luxury, and that will be a problem later on in the playoffs. Okay, so one last thing I wanted to touch on before we open it up to the general playoffs. One of the interesting matchup trends so far is we talked about it going in on the preview episode last week that during the regular season, that Zabinijad had had the most success against Heischer, and they've done a lot of they've done a lot of that line against Hughes during these first three games and not as much against Heischer. And granted, everybody plays against everybody in hockey. It's not like basketball where you're going to make subs specifically based on who's on the floor and what situation. Everybody's going to play against everybody. It's just about who you're going to play the most. The one thing I will say is the Rangers have been a lot better when Dougie Hamilton has not been on the ice, and that makes sense. Dougie Hamilton is one of the 10 best defensemen in the entire league. So if they can tilt those situations where Dougie Hamilton's on the ice a little more in their favor, that's really all. As far as like nitpicks go, that's really all I got. Like, could you play a little better when one of the best players in the world is on the ice? If you could do that, that'd be great. But other than that, (laughs) keep doing what you're doing. Like, there's not a whole lot to grasp at here. Everything has been reasonable there there's no glaring problems like yeah the defensive coverage got a little sloppy there during the third game probably the most confident the devils had been in a game was game three because they kind of had that fearless well if we lose it's over we can do whatever and see what happens and that's kind of what ended up happening anything else you want to get in real quick before we open it up talk about the playoffs at large no i mean again like i think the biggest thing is to just not panic for the for the yeah. fan base and also for the for the players as well i mean obviously the rangers are totally listening to the show right before they right before they i think they're actually on warm-ups right now but you know maybe maybe they have a, a an earbud in their in their uh, in their uh, helmets as they're listening to the show but no i mean like the just stop like don't panic the rangers yeah. if they if they you know barely won the first two games and they got destroyed game three this would be a whole different conversation. The Rangers have played very well through three games. A lot of our fears going into the series have largely not, not, yeah. not, you know, haven't been reality. And that's to the Rangers credit. They've played very well. Game three, they just didn't get done on the power play. Dougie Hamilton, great player. He scored, a, he scored the, you know, the overtime goal and Jack Hughes ripped it. A, a great shot. He certainly didn't see it. Truba literally stood in front of that shot. So, it is what it is. Rangers have played well. Game four, it is. Yeah, they played two of their two games. One and two were two of arguably their two best games of the entire season. Agreed. Games one and two. So that's encouraging when you can break that out in the playoffs. So sure. Playoffs at large. Uh, the East kind of seems like there's the two knife fights going on between Tampa, Toronto, Rangers, Devils. And then the uh, the wild card series, those teams seem very overmatched. You saw Matthew Kachuk kind of doing yeah. whatever he could to try and get the Bruins riled up in a game that was already over. You saw the Islanders do the same thing against the Hurricanes. Out West, the Oilers and Kings have kind of been the most entertaining series. Wild Stars. It's been okay as a whole, but the individual games, there's been a stinker in there here or there, but I'm enjoying it. The officiating is an atrocity. Atrocious. Atrocious. uh, There's no consistency, which is the biggest problem. All we want is consistency. Either prison rules or we're calling it by the book. Not any of this, well, we called one on them, so we got to call one on them. Not the ticky-tack game management stuff that you always see. Just some consistency. That's all we ever want. We know they're not going to be able to be perfect. The game happens too fast, and they have to make these decisions too quickly. They can't review everything. That's not feasible. Let's 
find a uniform standard for officiating. That's all we want. Why is this a roughing, but that's not a rough? Why does Shesterkin get called for that roughing when he's punching Timo Meyer for landing on him? Why does Adam Fox get called for a roughing by grabbing a guy from the chest and pulling him from a pile? He didn't throw any punches. He didn't yeah. go into no, the that pile. Was silly. That was, everybody was grouped up, and he grabbed a guy and moved him out well, of the way. Well, it's, it's similar to how the NHL has not a single modicum of understanding of what goalie interference is. It's the same yeah. thing with playoff penalties where the referees will make it about themselves and they will go about deciding the game however they so choose like a lot of the times the 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 penalties that are called each every every, it's it's wild how often in this first round both teams have been have been ridiculing the the officiating Like it, it would be. I would understand it, you know, a little bit more so if it was like more of a one-sided affair. But like everybody's mad. Everybody's yep. mad. Everybody is is irate at how the officiating has gone throughout the at the first round, whether it be in the Rangers Devil series or in the LA Kings Edmonton series. Like every series has had multiple issues with the way the officiating has gone. And that is such a major issue for the NHL because instead of talking about, oh, how great these games have been, how fun it's been to watch playoff hockey, no, one of the biggest storylines is the referees have no idea what they're seeing, what they're calling, what they're seeing, what they're doing. The referees have no idea. And that's a major problem for the league. We're not talking about like, oh, well, you know, Edmonton, L.A. was was so fun last night watching them play and watching Zach Hyman and score the overtime goal. And the Edmonton Oilers came back. They were down 3-0 after their first period. It felt like it was over. And then they came back like, we're not talking about that. We're talking about how the officiating overall in this playoff so far has been a disgrace to the game. Like if you're going to, again, like you said, if you are going to call certain things, you have to call it consistently. You can't just be like, okay, well, this is a call, but the same thing twenty minutes later, very, you know, it's not a call. Let them play out or what? Like, it's so unpredictable, and that's one of the biggest issues that everybody has a has a gripe with when it comes to playoff hockey. It's like if you you have to be consistent in your calling. Either this is a call from here on out, or this is not a call from here on out. You can't just willy nilly, you know, just randomly pull out of a hat like, oh, hey. This is a penalty now. Look at that. Or like, hey, actually, you know, this this piece of paper out of the out of the hat that I'm pulling says it's not a penalty. So keep playing. That is the most frustrating thing about these playoffs so far is that nobody has any understanding of when the referee is going to call a, a penalty and everybody's mad. Yeah, all we want is consistency. And I'll, I'll say this because this applies to um, the broadcasts as well. No, they are not against your favorite team. For no, the love of yeah. God, yeah. Please, please stop with the well. They're they're biased. <laughs> they're biased. They're biased. Everybody, the officials yeah. are incompetent, right. and the national media has notes they are given by the league and the teams to highlight things to talk about. The, no, Ray Ferraro does not hate the Rangers. No, Sean McDonough does not hate the Rangers. Ken Danico hates the Rangers, but that's different. Yeah, sure. That, that's different. If you're yeah. watching the Devils broadcast, you know what you're going to get. The, the referees national- also don't hate your team. They're just they're bad just at their bad. jobs. Yes, like, correct. They, they're just ba- like they don't know what penalties are or yeah. when to call them. They are very inconsistent. They don't. Like, it's it's a it's been a very poor effort from the referees, and that's a concern because like you would think that the NHL is putting out. At least, like some of their best referees in game in in the first. It's round. supposed to be these are the it's best. Like, these are the you best. You have to qualify and, to and get yet, postseason. And assignment. yet, this has been a disaster fire 
it's only going to like it's not going to get any better because yeah like they're, they're going to use a less referees as the as the series go you know move on but if the if the best are bad then it's still gonna be bad like you gotta fix this somehow this is bad uh, it's not good oh i found it hilarious that the one referee in the islanders hurricanes got hurt and the ref the reserve referee was west mccauley he was just sitting by like he's a wwe wrestler <laughs> waiting for his music to hit to run down and interfere and make himself present in a yeah. game like i oh, get it because yeah. he was calling the ranger game the next day so i get why he was in the area and why he would be the reserve official but the nhl doesn't help itself it lends itself to these jokes about the right. officiating and we do this every year there is every something year. every year, whether it's guys who are throwing hits, like maybe that guy should have got suspended, maybe he shouldn't have, maybe this is a penalty, this isn't. Yeah, we do this. Jake McCabe also, ever. by the way, should not be playing like that. The Jake McCabe hit in game one, he didn't get a penalty for it somehow. I know Michael Bunting, on like on the same exact play, got suspended for for his egregious hit. Yeah, Jake McCabe shouldn't be playing either. Like that was a terrible hit. They suspended Michael Bunting. Like, good, do that. But how do you not? Hello, like, take the the teachers not do the same thing. The NHL not even a, not even a conversation was had. Like, what what are we doing? Say play. The NHL cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. Okay, they are just it, it's a miracle the NHL can successfully stage a playoffs. <laughs> not even like not even like well, just like they have the logistics <sighs> to have sixteen teams playing in the playoffs over the span of two weeks. That it's, alone yeah. is a miracle. Uh, it's it's so uh, it's it's tiring to to have a sport it it does it's it's very tiring that when you have a sport that is as entertaining as hockey is especially in the playoffs when everything is so amplified and the environment and all the you know everybody everybody gives a hundred percent or at least near that in the regular season as well yeah but in the playoffs everyone is is giving every single you know atom that they have in order to try to win this game. Like this is this is the end all be all for for everybody involved. The ho- the playoff hockey is so much fun to watch and yet it, it, it these the, the referees are just getting in the way. They're making it about themselves sometimes, which is just strange to me. The the, the officiating has been very inconsistent, very strange. Everybody's mad at them all the time because they don't call anything properly. It's been like that that is so just strange how you have a sport that's so you know it is strange and dumb and ridiculous sometimes but it's also a beautiful and incredible sport that is so much fun to watch and yet the 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 problem is besides all the the head hunting that goes on in every year's playoffs there are so many and i tweeted this out on my personal page at chelly andrew as well is that like that's one of the things i hate about the playoffs is every year there are so many hits that go for the head of players hey, it, and pe- people don't want to talk about it, but like it's worth mentioning. There's a lot of, there's a lot of hits. If, if you, if you really watch and, and see how hits are applied in the playoffs, there's a lot of head hunting hits, a lot of them. And yeah. some of them, some of them don't get penalties and some get majors. And the, I, you know, you can, you can argue about that until the cows come home. There's a lot of attacks to the head come playoff time. And, uh, unless referees actually want to do something about it, that will always continue, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it sucks. All right, uh, let's get out of here. Most One last thing. The key for me tonight is 
when it's been all series, if you slow the devils down and make them actually have to cycle for check, you can wear them down over the course of the game. That's my hope that the Rangers are a little bit tighter and they can get a little bit more offense. That's really all you need. Like we said, our three pillars for success, tread water at five on five, make sure you have at least average goaltending and you got that. And then one power play goal and you're Gucci. That's the math. Three goals, Igor Gober, let's win a playoff game. There you go. All right, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, whatever podcasting platform you prefer, YouTube as well, full video, live on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube every Monday at 6 p.m. Let's win a damn hockey game, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do it, boys. Here we go.